Deer found her. As you know, there's no blueprint for entrepreneurship. You wear so many hats, you burn the midnight oil, you pour your heart and soul into everything that you do. But without a doubt, the journey is worth every single second that you put into it. I'm Lindsay Pinchuk, host of the Deer Found Her podcast. I say this because I've lived it for over a decade. I started my first company with $500 in my pocket and a baby in my belly. I grew it and I sold it all. This podcast is my weekly letter to you. We'll talk all things starting, growing, nurturing, and in some cases, even selling a business. Together with some of my closest contacts, I'm here to help you find your own success, whatever that means to you. The ride as a founder is the ride of your life. So come on in and join me for another episode that will get you one step closer to reaching your own founder goals. Welcome back to another episode of Dear Founder. I've been following today's guest online for quite some time as we have so many of the same thoughts and opinions in regards to marketing and personal branding. Aliza Licht is someone I look up to greatly in the world of marketing and business, and I am beyond honored to have her here on today's podcast to talk about building your personal brand. But before we get into today's episode, I'm your host, Lindsay Pinchuk, and I've been building brands for nearly 25 years since college. And with a $500 investment, I founded, built, and sold a seven-figure business that reached 3 million people per month. This podcast is my twice-weekly letter to you to inspire you to find success through your own entrepreneurial endeavors. This podcast is also the show that I wanted 13 years ago when I became an accidental female founder. So if there's anything that you want to hear or anything that you want me to share to help you through your own endeavors, I invite you to reach out. And if you're inspired by today's episode, please share it. Simply text it to a friend or share it in your stories. If you tag me at Lindsay Pinchuk or at Dear Founder, I will absolutely come and say hi and I will likely share it as well. And as always, if you like what you're hearing, I'd love it if you left a five-star rating or a review as that's how other entrepreneurs discover our show and the incredible stories and advice that we share here. All you have to do is click the link in the show notes, www.ratethispodcast.com forward slash dear founder, and you can leave a rating or review wherever it is that you listen. So let's meet today's guest. Elisa Licht is an award-winning marketer, best-selling author, podcaster, personal branding expert, and the founder of Leave Your Mark, a multimedia brand and consultancy. She advises businesses and she mentors individuals on brand building and career development. Licht leverages over two decades of expertise in marketing, communications, and digital strategy in the fashion industry. She was named one of America's next top mentors by the New York Times and Business Insider's top 20 most innovative career coaches. As a social media pioneer and one of the first fashion influencers, Licht created and was the voice of an anonymous social media phenomenon, DKNY PR Girl. You're going to hear us talk all about it today because it is fascinating. Aliza is a sought-after keynote speaker and sits on several industry boards. Her first book, Leave Your Mark, was published in 2015. Her new book, On Brand, Shape Your Narrative, Share Your Vision, Shift Their Perception, is a comprehensive roadmap to building your personal brand. She lives in New York City with her husband and two children and two dogs. But for now, I'd love for you to come on in and meet today's guest, the one, the only, Aliza Lick. 
All right. Welcome back to another episode of Dear Found Her. I am so excited about today's guest because as I just told her, I've been following her for such a long time. And then I saw a mutual friend in her Instagram account and I became a longtime longtime follower, first time caller when I asked her to come on to the podcast. So Aliza Licht is here. She is the founder of Leave Your Mark and author of On Brand. And she has such an incredible background and an incredible story. And she has her hand in so many things. I know you are going to walk away from today's episode with so much knowledge and wisdom. So Aliza, welcome to Dear Found Her. Lindsay, I am so excited to be here. Thank you for inviting me on. Oh my God, of course. All right. So you have an insane story. I have so many questions about it, but I want to hear it in your words, first and foremost, what do you do? Who are you? How'd you get to where you are? Tell everyone a little bit about yourself. Okay. I'm going to do the super fast version. Essentially, I am a marketer. You know, I, I spent my entire career in fashion and I will say just for the listeners, since, you know, every path is different. I set out to be a plastic surgeon. I graduated with a degree in neurobiology and physiology. Like I was full blown doctor bound until one day I decided that I actually want to work in the fashion industry. So my career started in a very Devil Wears Prada sort of way in magazines. And I started as an intern at Harper's Bazaar, but they were wonderful. Moved on to do accessories at Mary Claire, which became a little trickier, and ultimately ended up in corporate public relations at Donna Karen, where I spent 17 years. And my whole, my whole career was traditional PR for the most part until 2009, when we started on social media, and that is when I came up with an idea to create an anonymous social media personality called DKMY PR Girl, which was inspired by Gossip Girl, the original, that I was the voice of um, and a secret for two years. So cut to, that led to everything. My book, Leave Your Mark, my podcast, Leave Your Mark, and now today I consult on brand building with actual businesses and individuals. And my new book on brand is all about building your personal brand. So that's where I am today. So we're going to get into obviously everything. The one thing that you and I didn't talk about beforehand, and I just, this is an aside, but I too started in magazines. Oh my and, God, I didn't know that. Yeah, which is so funny because at, I said to you, I was like, oh my God, I feel like we're so similar. We have so many similarities when I watch you on social media. Yes, I started in ad sales and I also worked at Hearst. I worked at Hearst for 10 years. Oh my, okay, that's so funny. Yes, so, so funny, I was on right? the editorial side, but yeah. And I was on the advertising side, which is just another funny coincidence. So before I kind of get into what you're doing now, I do want to touch a little bit about this DKNY PR girl, because mm. if anyone Googles you, it, it comes up like crazy. And I think it's really fascinating how you started this online persona. And really, it was the catalyst for what you're doing. I mean, it, I'm, my guess, and you can answer this yourself, but is that it? you learned social media, you learned how to navigate social media by having this online persona. So can you tell us a little bit about it? And also, was it intended to always be a secret? Or was this an accident? You know, I mean, I think that like people get into things not knowing what they're getting into sometimes. Great questions. So, you know, we were sitting around a marketing meeting as many companies do, and we were talking about joining Twitter. And this is 2009. Okay. So Twitter existed, but fashion is very slow, kind of dinosaurs in a way. And we were like, well, if the handle is at Donna Karen, people will assume she, the person is tweeting. 
And because I worked in public relations, I was like, well, that's not going to work because we're, you know, who's writing that copy? Who's approving it? How are we going to get into this back and forth? So I just was like, you know, what about Gossip Girl? Like it's anonymous. It's so, it's so easy to sort of share the brand story through the lens of something that's maybe an illustrated fashion icon or whatever. So we decided to have it be represented by a fashion illustration. The designer who drew it the first time took my picture without me knowing and basically like drew like a caricature of me and then said, here, what do you think? And I was like, oh, that's so funny. It looks like me, but it's like six feet tall and exaggerated. And I was like, yeah, that's fine. It'll work. And our legal team was like, okay, this is fine. This is a great idea. But Aliza, you were the only one who can tweet. They just wanted controls on it. So my day job was PR. I was like, okay, sure, I'll do it. I had no idea what that even meant to do it. So I called IT and I'm like, hi, can I get a second screen? I need to like watch Twitter all day and just like see what's happening. And I started just like tweeting. And the whole bio was like basically a fly on the wall view into the world of Donna Karen through the lens of a PR girl living in New York City. So people assumed she was like 22, very sex in the city. Meanwhile, I'm like in my 30s, a mom of two little kids, an executive in the company. And it was intentionally a secret because it wasn't about me or the person behind. It was about creating a brand filter to push through all the things we wanted the world to know about both Donna Karen and DKMY and what we were doing. And it just seemed like a great lens. So whether it was me producing the fashion shows or dressing celebrities for award season or having editor lunches, at that time, you have to remember, fashion was very closed. People didn't know what went on the behind the scenes. So it was fascinating for people until it got really, really big. And everyone wanted to know who it was. And at a certain point, you'll remember, Lindsay, all of these social media conferences were popping up and everyone was speaking about their social media strategy. Meanwhile, DKY Pure Girl is still credited. I mean, even in Taylor Lorenz's book that's coming out in September, Extremely Online, still credited as a pioneer in the space and probably one of the first fashion influencers, even though we didn't even know that word at the time. So we decided as a company to reveal the person behind the Twitter handle which was me. And the New York Times did a feature PR girl revealed as PR executive because people's minds were blown. It generated over 230 million media impressions of news. I mean, it was bonkers. And that's what led to my first book, Leave Your Mark. So, and that was my next question is, what was the revelation from this? I mean, this was, you were learning as you were building. And yes, we talk a lot here about taking your experiences and applying it to your 2.0. So what was the revelation from that experience? Don't sell anything. Tell a great story. Because there were so many, you know, of course, you know how it is. When something gains traction, everyone wants a piece of it, right? And DKNY especially has so many licensees. So there'd be the fragrance people or like the underwear people. Everyone was like, oh, can DKNY Pure Girl post? Our sale. No. So I had very strict brand guardrails and I was lucky that I had management support to say, we are going to kill this account if all we do is say that our handbags are now in store. So instead, I was not commercial and I would say probably 90% storytelling, 10% anything that might be business related. But even a great example, and you can still find this online, 
when we renovated our UK store in London, my CEO was like, you need to post about this. You need to get press on the fact that the store is open. And I'm like, it's a renovation. Like, why would anyone care? It's not like a new location. It's literally the same store in the same place that's been there for years, refurbished. And I'm like, I, I, I kind of refuse. Like, I'm not going to ruin my editor relations with like telling them that we have a renovated store. So instead, I play it on FOMO and how people get their news. And it's called, it's hashtag UK 2012. And basically, it was during the time of the Summer Olympics in London. So I made an invitation and pretended that all these influencers were invited to this big thing in London. And everyone in the video, I mean, it was like probably like a four minute video, was like RSVPing and posting the invitation. And yes, can't wait for UK 2012. And then all the followers were like, oh my God, what is this? And it was like a total experiment because it was fake. And in the end, you learn that the store was now open. And it actually ended up being a full page feature in the Wall Street Journal. Like it was completely Genius. made up. Thank you. But like, Genius. that's how I take the directive of like, tell people something commercial, like put it through the lens of a great story. A thousand percent. I, I mean, obviously I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, that's why we're here. But let's switch gears a little bit. What was the catalyst that had you leaving DKNY and starting something on your own? Because that's one, a big leap. Yes. And two, it's really fucking scary. It I've is. done it. You've done it. It is. It is scary. And also, and this is sort of how On Brand starts, my new book, um, because when you... S- when you work in corporate, especially if you've been there for a long time, it becomes your identity. And one of the things that I mentioned in On Brands and even in Leave Your Mark, because it bears repeating, is this idea of not suffering from last name syndrome. And last name syndrome is when you replace your actual last name with your company. So I was Aliza from DKNY for 17 years. And that was great. And I leveraged the shit out of it. And it was amazing. But to your point, what happens when you leave? And that's when it hits you that like, wow, I have put so much into the brand that I'm working for, but not enough into me as a person. And I will say, since we're on Dear Founder, founders can be removed. So when you think about creating your personal brand around the idea of a company and not you as a human you're actually taking a really big risk. I feel like I said something that you're like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so it's, it's funny that you say this because for, well, prior to me starting Bump Club, I was Lindsay from Good Housekeeping. But when I started Bump Club, even though it was mine, I was Lindsay from Bump Club for 13 years. I still yep. am Lindsay from Bump Club. I go into stores and people see me here and they're like, oh, you're Lindsay, the girl from Bump Club. Like I went to your events. <laughs> exactly. People stop me at concerts like all the time. Mm-hmm. And to your point, and I always say this, and this is why I think it's important to say this here, I didn't put enough into my personal brand. And this is why we're going to get into this conversation. It was all about the Bump Club brand. I only focused on the Bump Club social media, growing the Bump Club social media. And we weren't always selling things, you know, but it was, I didn't focus on Lindsay. And it wasn't until I was leaving because like you said, founders are replaceable. I wasn't replaceable, but I left And they didn't replace me, but I left and I was like, shit, I don't have my personal Instagram is like nothing. Like it's like my kids. It's not me as a founder. It's not me as an entrepreneur. 
And I started because I knew I was leaving before it was announced. I started saying on Bump Club and for more from me, follow me on, on Lindsay Pinchuk because I was like, oh, I have 80,000 followers over here on Bump Club and like 2,000 on Lindsay Pinchuk because I never poured into yes. my personal brand. So, which I'm sharing this because we're going to get into this in a minute and it's so important. It is so important to have your personal brand. And, and I made a very clear distinction when I left if you scroll back on my account, you'll see the moment that I left and you'll know because my logo is prominent across my page. And that's when I turned it into my personal brand account. Yeah. And I just, and now I have my personal account and my dear found her account because it's so important to have your personal brand. Yes. And, and listen, there's a way to do it. And this is literally why I wrote on brand and how to think about where you begin and end and where your brand begins and ends. And, and there's so much to it. But to answer your question directly, it became really clear in 2015 that it was time to leave. Donna Karen had stepped down from the company. My mentor had stepped down from the company. And I'm not going to give a, give it away because it is how On Brand kicks off. But there was a very shocking reason that I had to leave the company. And I'll tell you that first Monday in 2016, when I was like, wow, I no longer work for LVMH. I no longer have an executive title. I no longer have a Garmin account. I can no longer expense taxis. Um, yeah, this is not that much fun. Like it was really scary. And I had to reintroduce myself to myself and, and rebrand myself. Because as you mentioned in the beginning of the podcast, like the internet tells a different story and I didn't want to do PR anymore. So how do you make everyone who knows you think about you in a new way? And that, and those are the tips that I put in on brand. Hi guys, it's me, Lindsay. I'm not sure if you're aware, but over the last nine months, I haven't just helped big enterprise brands on their marketing efforts through my consulting firm. I've also helped over a dozen women, small business owners in launching their companies, building their brands, and to tweak what wasn't working. I've been building and growing brands for nearly 25 years, but I've forever used one method to build my own brands and that of my clients and students. My signature sweep method utilizes social media, your website, emails, events, partnerships, and publicity to generate and execute cost-effective community-centric marketing strategies. If you're looking for that added layer of guidance, please reach out. There's a link in my show notes. Book a call with me and let's see how I can help you. I can't wait to meet you and learn about your business. Now back to the show. So how did you do that when you started? Like, I mean, because I think a lot of people that are listening are either straddling, you know, a corporate career and a side hustle, or they're starting something and they're like, well, I don't know how to talk about myself. Yes. And, yes. and we're going to talk about this in a second too. But how did you do that in that initial moment? Because that initial moment is the hardest moment. And once you get over it and once you start doing it, it becomes a lot easier. But it's that first, like, yes, what do I do? So I think the subtitles of On Brand are, are really where we can start here. So it's On Brand, shape your narrative, share your vision, shift their perception. So step one is really asking yourself, what do I want to be known for? So I used to be known as DKYPR girl. What do I want to be known for now? Then step two is shaping that narrative. So every single person is responsible to shape their own narrative because if you do not do that, people will make up their own version of you. So 
when I finally, I, I wrote down all of my capabilities, everything I knew how to do, like on a piece of paper, it was like capabilities, everything. And then I started crossing off all the things I didn't want to do anymore. So I think even making the distinction of what you know how to do, like you may know how to do a lot of things. It doesn't mean you want to do them anymore. And when I was thinking about consulting, I was like, well, what do I want my services to be? Oh shit. I don't want to do PR anymore. That's a problem. So I had to reshape that narrative and I said, okay, what do I want to do? I wanted to create a brand marketing and digital strategy. How do I get people to know that? Well, you have to tell people. So literally sweeping my network and saying, I just want to let you know what I'm up to. I actually left the company. This is what I'm focused on now. And I had a spiel. And every time someone came to me and said like, oh, I'll think of you if I hear of any PR jobs, I would correct them and say, thank you so much. I actually want you to know that I don't do that anymore. And here's what I'm working on now. And if you hear of any opportunities in that area, that would be amazing. And also let me know how I can support you. So you have to do your own PR. You have to be your own publicist so people understand what you're doing because my favorite thing to say about on brand and personal branding is the magic of a strong personal brand is when your name is dropped in rooms you're not in and you're recommended for opportunities other people haven't even heard of yet, but you have to give your network the verbiage to be able to talk about you when you're not there. So it's your job. Thank you for solidifying everything I say every <laughs> day of the week. I mean, as you're saying this, I'm laughing in my head because those who are listening right now, who listen to this podcast regularly, who follow me regularly know and probably can understand why I adore you so much because oh, thank you really you. share a lot of the same sentiments that I do. And, you know, and back to what you said earlier, you cannot be selling like that's just that selling, selling, selling isn't going to sell you. And, and th that is exactly what you just said so eloquently. And thank it's you. so important for people to hear. So thank you for saying that. I want to kind of shift gears a little bit. And I want you to answer the question of why it's so important to have that personal brand separate from your company brand, or whether you're working for someone or working for yourself. Why is having a personal brand so important? So we see this on LinkedIn a lot, actually, in people's bios, in like the headline part, right? A lot of people will just say their title and their company because that is how they identify. And we've seen past couple of years, what you do today may not be what you do tomorrow, right? And especially working in this hybrid and somewhat virtual world, like you have to understand how you're showing up no matter the medium. And part of that means that instead of, of identifying with the company, what you should lean on is your skill set and your experience because you take that with you wherever you go. So I like words that are adjectives to describe what you do. So I'm an award-winning marketer. I'm a two-time author. I'm a podcaster. I'm a global mentor. I'm a speaker. It doesn't matter where I do that. If I do it for myself, if I do it for a company. So think in terms of the experience and how you identify through your skill set and your talents versus where you do it. And that can mean for your own company or somebody else's company, because that is really what's yours. Your name is not necessarily on the door. So you've mentioned the word guardrails a few times, especially as it pertains to personal brand. And before we hopped on, you actually said you should record this. And I'm glad we're going to talk about this. 
I told you, I said, part of why I love following you is because I feel like you don't give a shit. And in the sense that you say what's on your mind, you, you really, you say things that people don't always like, and you can see that in your comments. And I very much admire that because I do the same, but you told me, but I do it within my guardrails. So I want you to explain what guardrails are and why it's important for a person to have them when it comes to their personal brand? Great question. So I think that the first thing we need to think about is going back to the initial question of what you want to be known for. One of the first exercises in on brand is, a, is actually doing a Venn diagram of who you are, right? Your work, your personal life, your causes, things you're passionate about, and visualizing how those things work together or don't. And brand guardrails are really the idea. It's, it's not, a, I mean, it can be physical, but it's really this mental filter of saying, these are the content buckets that I feel really good aligning with, right? Because personal branding is not just what you say and do. It's also what you choose to align with. And we see that in a lot of silent actions on social media, right? If you don't say a word, but you like something that's controversial, you have now said that you align with that, right? So thinking through... What, what are your topics? What do you want to be known for? What is important to you? And what are other topics, content buckets, if you will, that are really not for you to talk about? Because I believe that people should have a very tight filter. There should be certain things that you're super passionate about and other things that you should leave for someone else to talk about. And a great example you know, On Brand came out April 18th. That Saturday night, my publicist texted me and she's like, oh, you got invited to go on TV to talk about the Budweiser scandal. I did a quick mental filter um, check in my head and I said, you know what? That's not my topic. I don't know that brand. I don't follow that brand. I don't know their history of advertising campaigns. And this, this particular scandal that they just went through is something that I really decided was like, not, I'm not the best person to speak about that. It's very easy to jump on something in media that's happening to try to get your voice out there. And a lot of people do it, but I am more restrained than that. So when you say, I don't give a shit, it's interesting to me. I've never heard that before, but because I'm so deliberate in what I speak about, because it's within my brand guardrails, then I'm standing by it. And I urge everyone who's listening, when you're posting something, say to yourself, why am I posting this? What do I hope to get out of posting this? And if you can't answer that question, don't post it. Because every single post, I think about it, if you wouldn't feel comfortable seeing your post as a full page in the New York Times, because that is what can happen. And the screenshot's more powerful than the delete button. We know that. So ask yourself that. Because a lot of times you'll find, you know what, maybe I shouldn't post that. So while it may come off that I don't give a shit, it's because I'm so clear on what I'm talking about and what I'm not. And I want to, and I want to clarify that because that I think is what I meant a bit more. It's not yeah. that you don't give a shit because I know you give it. Oh, I know you care a lot. And I, and I know that as well, but it's your, it's your deliberate nature. And that is what is so admirable because you you say what you want to say, and it do, there's no wavering. And that I think is also very important because it's hard sometimes to get up and say things and you're, you're sitting there like, can I be saying this? Should I be saying this? 
Right. What's going to be the backlash? But is it worth me saying it? And and I do think that like you say things sometimes that people don't say. And and I've commented on your stuff like, yes, like, thank you for saying this because people need to hear it. And so it's more you being deliberate. And I I really appreciate the explanation that you just gave, because I always tell my students, you have to ask yourself, what is what's the reason for this? Yes. What's the reason for this? And I think if you do that mental check, then you can withstand any bad comments or backlash because you thought it through. So you're not just speaking to speak. You actually said to yourself, okay, do I want to post this? Yeah. You know what? I want to fucking post this. I'm going to post this. And I don't really care if people don't agree. And you know, that's a really powerful thing. And it puts yourself really, you're protecting yourself by having strong brand guardrails because then you can't really mess up because you're putting everything through that filter. Today's episode is brought to you by Hivecast, an amazing agency providing high-quality podcast production made simple and affordable. I hit the jackpot when I came across Hivecast as I pieced together services from contractors all over the web initially to help me with my podcast. Hivecast was everything that I needed all in one place. For just $500 per month, they not only produce and edit four episodes, but they also create the marketing assets. Emma, my account manager, is amazing, making sure that I'm on task and that we can schedule episodes regularly and by my deadlines. Honestly, the time saved working with Hivecast is worth at least triple what I'm paying. Their sister company, Fireside, offers other marketing services for small businesses, including social media management, Facebook and Instagram ads, search engine marketing, and so much more. Again, all at a rate palatable by a small business owner. The best part, there's no contract. You can purchase their services as needed on a monthly basis. Use the code FOUNDHER and save 50% off your first month of services. Give them a try. The decision to outsource this part of my business has surely saved me a ton in the long run, and it was the best decision I've made for my business. So we've talked about the importance of a personal brand. We've talked about the guardrails, but what would you say are like three other things that people should consider as they consider and contemplate their own personal brand? One is how you connect the dots between multiple platforms. So a lot of times people think like, oh, well, no, my Instagram's pri- my Instagram is private. So, you know, I'll keep that over here. But yeah, I'm on LinkedIn. But even if you're private, your bio is still public, right? So consistency in your profile image. Consistency, you can have variations of the bio, but to me, the best way to think about social media is to just think about it from a professional standpoint. And is what you are putting online serving your professional goals? Yes, you can have a private account, but again, help people understand who you are. Low-hanging fruit, your email signature. How many people do you know who have excuse my typos as their bio on their email signature. That's your bio. You're telling people you are not careful when emailing or you work for Apple marketing because you say sent from my iPhone. So that's prime real estate to tell people, hey, listen to the latest episode of my podcast or I'm so excited to share my new book, buy my new book, whatever it is. So think about, you know, if you if you go up into the aerial view of your personal brand, Think about how you're showing up wherever you put content and make that consistent. That's, that's really, I think, the first, the first thing. The second thing is what Dory Clark says in On Brand, which is no one is thinking about you. 
Like literally no one is thinking about you. It's not because they're mean. It's because everyone is just thinking about themselves. So if you are not communicating your recent wins, what you're up to, all of the things, nobody knows. And while I want everyone to read on brand and and learn how to build their personal brand, one of the things that I was very conscious of in this book is not creating monsters. So I have a rule for every one time you're sharing a win about yourself, proactively amplify five other people and what they're doing or support them so that you're not just talking about yourself all day. One of the things that you and I all believe in cohesively and have in common as well is the importance of mentorship. And one of the reasons I started following you was because you just give so many great tips and so much great advice. And you like to lift people up the way I like to lift people up. And so I would also like for you to touch upon the importance of mentorship because you have really exemplified what it means to be a great mentor. Thank you for saying that. Well, you know, I, I have, I'm the product of great mentors, right? Like my, my career, Donna Karen. Yeah. I mean, I would not be where I am today without Patty Cohen, who is my boss and mentor and Lori Krause. And there's so many other people. They're all thanked in the book, but, um, you know, so when we think about mentorship, it's it's not this magical one person that's going to like wave a wand over you and give you everything you need. It's really identifying, you know, that that personal advisory board of being able to lean on different people for different things. And one of the reasons why I wrote Leave Your Mark in the first place is because I wanted to pay forward what I knew about starting a career after college. And it's really a career mentorship. Like it's the perfect graduation book because it's really the how to's of like how to land your dream job, how to kill in your career. All of those insights are from my own personal journey. So it is very devil wears Prada meets career advice. But the point is that I love helping people not make mistakes that are easy to avoid. If someone would just tell them, Hey, don't do that. You have a summer internship here's what you need to do. Don't do X, Y, and Z. It's not like we're, this is not rocket science. It's just, we need to support each other and share information. So I try to do that on Instagram. And then I have a private community for Leave Your Mark where I mentor people, um, seniors in college through 15 years in the workforce. And it's also a way for them to connect with each other because I, you know, if someone DMs me or on Slack in our group and says like, oh my God, I have this huge interview, like last minute tips, like I want to be able to, to help someone. And I would do that on Instagram too. It's, it's not that, but this is just a way to do it at scale. So before we wrap up, I'd love for you to share what I ask all of my guests to share. And that is three actionable tips that a new founder can take when they are starting things out. Great. So have a really good bio. Like really think about your bio. Think about, I I leverage Goldilocks here. It's like the Papa Papa Bear version for LinkedIn and your website. Mama Bear maybe for like that quick little paragraph when you're speaking somewhere and someone's like, hey, send me your short bio. And you're like, shit, I don't have a short bio. Have that. And then your Baby Bear version, which is really your social media, your Instagram, Twitter, et cetera. Um, strong bio, strong landing page or website or somewhere online that is not a social media account where you have a hundred percent share of voice, right? There's no algorithms on a website. If you put it up, that is how people will see you. Understanding how you're showing up in those types of mediums are really important. 
And then I would comb through your past social media escapades and clean up and make sure that everything that's on there online is something you're proud of and something that's in service of your North Star goal, which is building this company. Aliza Licht, founder of Leave Your Mark and author of On Brand. I could talk to you all day. Same, Lindsay. Thank you. You truly are such a wealth of knowledge. And I am so honored that you graced us with your presence and shared it here. And I hope that you'll come back because there is just so much more that we could be talking about. But thank you so much for being on Dear Founder. Oh my God, Lindsay, thank you so much for asking such great questions. It was wonderful to be here today. Today's conversation was jam-packed with so many incredible tidbits of information and knowledge and wisdom that you can take and apply right now to your own business and to your own personal brand. As you know, I love to share the takeaways from my conversations, and today I'm going to share my top five, but you're going to want to make sure you subscribe to my newsletter. The link is in the show notes because I will send you all of the takeaways straight to your inbox, as well as tips and tricks on how to grow your own personal brand. But for now, take out your pen and paper. Here are my top five takeaways from today's conversation with Elisa Licht. Number one, the magic of a strong personal brand is when your name is dropped in rooms where you're not in. Think about that. Number two, guardrails are important for your personal brand. You want to think about what do you want to be known for? When you're posting something, you want to think about why am I posting this? What do I hope to get out of this? And if you can't answer it, don't post it. Number three, for every time you share a win about yourself, amplify five other people so that you're not just talking about yourself all day. Number four, mentorship is identifying that personal advisory board and leaning on different people for different things. And number five, as you're developing your personal brand, you want to have a strong landing page or a website where you have a hundred percent share of voice for people to land on when they want more information about you. You also want to clean up your social media and make sure that everything is there, that everything that is there meets your North Star goal. I want to thank Aliza Licht for joining us on today's episode of Dear Found Her. And thank you to all of you for tuning in and for listening. You can find Aliza online at alizalicht.com and on Instagram at alizalichtxo. We have linked her links in the show notes and you can go check them out and follow her. But for now, thank you for being here. Thank you for listening. Make sure you stay tuned and tune in next week for another episode of Dear Founder. Her.